Hello and welcome to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. I'm your host, Mike Jefferson. Thank you for joining us as we talk with community leaders from across Greater Des Moines who share their greatest accomplishments and their biggest challenges. Now more than ever during these trying times, leadership remains crucial to the strength and resilience of our region. Let's hear from today's leader. Today's guest on the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast is the current CEO of the Girl Scouts of Greater Iowa, which oversees operations for 13,500 members in uh, roughly four, looks like four states. I'm saying that correct. Uh, she's got a, a pretty impressive resume and has been making quite a bit of a splash here um, recently. Uh, 2020, she's one of the top 15 people to watch, according to the Des Moines Register. Uh, she was the Women Lead Change Global Keynote Event Speaker this year. She was the Leap Champion of Equality Award recipient. Uh, she was also Business Record 90 Ideas in 90 Minutes presenter. And the list just goes on and on and on in a good way. Um, but now that I've covered that, let's welcome Beth Shelton to today's podcast. Beth, how are we doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me today. Absolutely. So I covered some of the recent accolades and things about you and kind of what you do. Tell us a little bit more about yourself for those that don't know who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've been mostly in the nonprofit sector for most of my 20-year career. I did spend one or two years in the for-profit sector in marketing and communications. And I've been here at Girl Scouts of Greater Iowa coming up on my fifth year. And when I got this role, I have to say I was, uh, I openly say I was vastly underqualified um, and overly energetic. And it's turned out to be a great marriage. Uh, you talked about private sector. What about some of the things uh, you're involved in, if you don't mind just touching a little bit on maybe some community-based um, endeavors that you may be involved with? I currently sit on the board for the Iowa AMPT Golf Association. I got involved in that organization. I was actually out on the golf course about eight years ago. For those listeners that don't know, I don't have a right hand. And I was out on the golf course one day and a gentleman who uh, didn't have a right leg came up and started chatting with me and invited me to this event. And I was pretty reluctant to attend because I, uh, in full transparency, I'm not a very good golfer. And uh, in fact, it was a, a just really life-changing to attend the annual tournament. And the really the mission of, of the organization is just to provide scholarships for families affected by limb loss. And, um, but much, you know, much more deeply, I, I get to hang out with people that um, are incredible and resilient. And so I've been on that board um, ever since, ever since my first year. So uh, that's one of my can't miss events of the year. So I'm on that board and then just also involved in various other mostly youth centric activities. I coach youth softball and youth basketball, and I'm also a Girl Scout troop leader now uh, for what I would say is probably one of the largest troops in Iowa. We currently have 52 girls in our Girl Scout troop. So I try to be very engaged in what I'm um, in helping support kids. Nice. And I will say I am an avid supporter Girl Scout cookies have done me very well throughout the years. So again, thank you for, for uh, you know, helping to organize that. It's going to a very, very good cause, and, and I do appreciate that. And uh, one other question I want to ask for you real quick before we kind of get into, into the interview is, you said you coach um, youth basketball. Is that boys and girls or just girls, and what area? Yeah, so I live on the north side of Des Moines, and I coach girls. So I okay. coach girls rec basketball, Okay. and basketball was my favorite sport. I know our viewers can't see it, but I've got a basketball behind me. I'm obsessed with Drake women's basketball. Go and uh, Exactly, right? And I was obsessed with playing for Drake University. Um, I was not 
a good enough basketball player to play for Drake University. You have to be pretty good. Um, but I absolutely love basketball and I find a lot of joy in coaching girls. Gotcha. Same. I went to, yeah. I'm a Grandview alum and I played for a uh-huh. year and I was asking because I coached my son. So I was like, I was wondering if I was maybe going to see you on the court in a, in a challenging matter here sometimes, soon. but I coach, <laughs> I coach boys right now. So uh, we'll maybe a to, scrimmage. Maybe we can hook up a scrimmage. I like it. That's we'll we'll, we'll put that uh, put that in the notes for for future reference. Okay, sure. I like it. I like it. <laughs> so now, um, kind of transitioning into into the reason why we have you on today, um, and and most people know by now that this is called leading in times of challenge. Uh, I want you to talk about uh, some challenging times, whether they be you know from a, a personal perspective, or from you know community involvement, or from your current role as the CEO of the Girl Scouts. Give me. One challenge out of any one of those areas that sticks out to you that you were thinking like when you first went into it, you're like, I have no idea how I'm going to get through this, let alone be successful on the other side. Like I, there's no way there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Um, maybe talk about, about that a little bit. Yeah, I, I could give so many examples. There's no question that during the time that of the COVID pandemic, I and the organization that I lead have experienced so many challenges, but um, I think I would rather take it back to the time that I started this position, which was in roughly January of 2016. And when I took the reins of the organization, like many organizations, there were a lot of areas that had room for improvement and um, um, some big, you know, key performance metrics that we had concern about and not having been a Girl Scout and not having been a a nonprofit CEO before I was really overwhelmed. I was really drinking from a fire hose that first year. And as I sat and evaluated what to do first, I could have focused on any number of areas. Should we focus first on our retail outlets? Should we focus first on membership? Should we focus first on camp attendance? Should we focus on our properties? The list goes on and on. And I really took a step back and where we landed and what we did is focus on the people and the culture, really thinking about that, that idea of throwing a rock into a pond and seeing the ripple effect. So if we could just move the needle on the foundation, really create the strong foundation, the rest would start to take care of itself. And that's where we started. And then we saw transformative results all across the organization in the years that have followed. Very cool. And now you talk about, you know, taking the reins as, as a CEO I'm sure that when you did that, you probably, when you, when you go over just like any, any new newly minted leader in any type of position, there's always going to be some pushback. Somebody's going to be comfortable with the way things were, or, you know, used to doing things a certain way. What are some of the ways that you worked on getting buy-in from your team or how did you lead them through those types of challenges to get everybody aligned to see what your vision for the organization was going to be going forward. There's no question. I had to take some time to get the buy-in and I had to take some time to really reflect on what my vision was and should be. And the process that I took to undertake that was to really listen to the current stakeholders. First and foremost, for me, it was the staff. So to really spend time doing one-on-ones with every staff member, we have 52 staff members, full-time staff members. So to sit down and do one-on-ones with each of them and talk through what was working well, what wasn't working well, if they were the CEO tomorrow, what's the first thing they would wake up and change and listening, really thoughtfully listening. 
it was helpful that I could be authentic about not having the answers and not, not knowing the organization inside and out. It wasn't my ego that was on the line because I didn't build it. It wasn't my baby. Right. Right. So I could really thoughtfully listen to what people had to say. And then I had to take action. I had to really take that to heart and make some changes in order to get buy-in. So really started with those immediate stakeholders and getting some big wins early on in terms of what do people really need to feel supported and heard. Well, and from what I've seen on you know social media and 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 in the news, it seems like you're doing a, a very exceptional job of that. So so kudos to you for getting that uh, that buy-in and, and taking the time to listen to your your team. Um, you know, again, as you began to build around what your visions were. Um, now to stay on that same path, Beth, we talk about leadership. I mean, you have to be there's there's no question. You have to be a a, a different special type of person to take on the role of leader because you are absorbing everyone's problems. You're absorbing, you know, the good things that happen, the bad things that happen, all of the above. Beth, what are, and you kind of talked about, touch on this a little bit, you know, doing some of the extracurricular activities that you're involved in, uh, but maybe talk about some other ways, because I think it's, it's vitally as important for our listeners to realize that Rome wasn't built in a day. I know you hear that, that adage over and over again. Um, but, and that it's okay to not work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. What are some of the things that Beth does at the end of the day to, to turn that work switch off, to recharge your batteries, to recharge your batteries so that you're coming back each and every day stronger and ready to lead your teams? That's a great question. And I do think it's critically important because I can only be at my best lifting people, empowering people, elevating people when I when my tank is full. And there's no question that I misstep in this area frequently, right? I have seasons and chapters of my life that I'm not doing a great job of that. But I would say when I'm doing it well, and right now I think I'm doing it pretty well, I'm taking care of me. And for me, that looks like having some, I am a natural introvert. So really taking some, some time to carve out to have some of that recharging quiet time. My favorite pastime is reading. So I have, um, I read a lot. I like to talk about books. I like to touch books. I like to read books. I like to post about books. And so for me, taking some quiet time to do that. I've also had to be really intentional, particularly since COVID hit and the, the vast challenges we have faced as leaders and as organizations, emotionally, financially, et cetera. Um, I've had to really be intentional about how to get out of that emotional gutter that I could find myself in some days and recently started increasing my exercise and um, attending kickboxing classes uh, through ferals. Nice. And that's been instrumental. It's really been a great way, not only to um, socially distantly connect with other human beings, mm-hmm. but also just take care of my own physical health, which is really important. And then to uh, just so just so we can maybe give uh, some of the listeners a tidbit, what what's the latest book that we got going on right now? Oh, the, I always have three or four going on at once. Um, but my favorite one that I'm currently reading of the mix, it's called Upstream, uh, I believe by Dan Heath. Um, and it, ha- it has to do with social issues and how we really take preventative measures before issues become large downstream. It's really a great book. And that's my current favorite. Okay. And I'm actually going to use that to segue into our, our final question as, as we wrap up, because we don't want to take too much of your time uh, today. But uh, with everything that's going on and 
uh, we're talking the pandemic. We're talking now in relation to returning to schools with this pandemic thing going on. Uh, all the the racial injustice situations that are, you know, everything from happening with George Floyd to what's going on in, in Portland right now. That's crazy with the you know, with the protesters and um, and and the the unrest that's being caused as a result of all of that. And then thinking about tying that in with with your organization of these young next generation of of young girls and and soon to be young women, um. What lessons do you think you've been able to take from the past, from challenges that you've had that maybe you are applying now as you work with uh, your team, in essence, to ultimately work with these young girls um, and and help them? Because, I mean, you are probably one of the few groups, maybe not few groups, but but one of the, the main people that deals with a lot of diversity within your organization um, especially thinking about the the um, the girls that you you serve through the Girl Scouts. Maybe talk about that a little bit. Some some things you've learned in the past and, and how you're applying it to help you kind of get through uh, these these crazy times that we're living in now in 2020. That's a great question because there's no question. There's no doubt this is extremely challenging every day, internally with our staff, externally with our stakeholders, and then of course with the tens of thousands of girls we serve. Um, you know, I know we're all sick of hearing the word unprecedented, but the reality is we're in unprecedented times. And I can't just flip to a page in our employee handbook and say, oh, there's the answer. You know, here's the roadmap for where what we need to do for all of these unique challenges right. we've never faced. So for me, I really took a step back and, and with the great support of our, my leadership team and my board of directors and said, we don't we don't have a roadmap, period. It's, this is difficult. We are charting our path as we go, but we really tried to use that framework, you know, um, which is a great analogy with Girl Scouting, but that we have a compass and our compass. So we had to just say, what's the true north? Where are we going and how do we make decisions now? And our true north, um, my true north and how we lead through this is to be good to people, do right by people. So now every decision we make, everything we encounter with all of these really problematic issues we're facing. And some of them are financial, some of them are social, um, and some of them have to do with how do we navigate teleworking is how do we do right by people in that? That's our true north. And if we can always do right by people and put kindness front and center, you know, now when you see people um, suffering or pulling away, it's not the time to be reserved or mild about showcasing your love and your support for them. And it might be my natural tendency to be a little more reserved. Now is not the time to do that. And so I think that is lesson one for me that maybe I was working on learning in life and really had to bring about um, it in a very real practical way in the midst of all of the issues we're facing today. And then I think number two is authenticity. Also something I've been practicing and working a lot on in recent years and I would say is a hallmark of my leadership style, but certainly with, um, with COVID and through the racial injustice and all of the difficult conversations we're having as an organization is to not sugarcoat things and to not say all is well, 
and I am the optimist here. No, the answer is this is really difficult. I don't always know. I am going to misstep. Show let's let's show some grace and work through this together. Let's let's take let's go on this journey together and walk it together. And we will get there if we trust each other and we are real about it. And that has is the leadership hallmark that I have utilized. And it's been very effective, I think, for our team and even for our members, because they know that when I say we're working on it, we are working on it. When I say, um, I don't know the answer, I need help, there's, they step up and help. And that's been um, really instrumental at this time. Very good. And appreciate you sharing those, those thoughts and insights with us. Uh, we're going to wrap up, but uh, before we do, is there anything else, any other nuggets of wisdom or books or anything, uh, any, any upcoming uh, events that maybe you know people can show support to in terms of the Girl Scouts, that anything that you guys have going on? Yeah, well, of course, just like you, we always appreciate those cookie buyers out there. It's not currently cookie season. We have wrapped up for the year, but we do always appreciate that. Um, one thing that was un- uh, unprecedented, right, word of the year, <laughs> Uh, that we've never done in the history of our organization that we did this year is um, provide the gift of free membership to any girl in our jurisdiction or adult that would like to be a member. And we did that to really provide equal access to every single girl that we know could benefit from our amazing programs. And so it's called show love. So when I say we are, we talk about showing love to people, we really are putting our money where our mouth is as well. And um, every single membership this year is free for girls and adults in greater Iowa. So that's, you know, I would say anybody that knows a girl that thinks social emotional connections and um, our programs and our badges and our camps might be helpful. Hey, let's get them signed up. There's no, there's no risk. There's no cost. Very cool. That is, that is awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Now, any insights you could provide to me as a, an avid cookie guy myself mm-hmm. uh, on any upcoming new flavors or, you know, any secrets <laughs> like that, uh, you know, we can, we can get together sometime and, and, and chat over some coffee once all this is done and uh, be sure to, to share those with our listeners. But uh, if any insights on those, I'm more than, more than happy to, uh, to find out what those are. I wish I could turn my computer screen around right now. Cause I'm looking at five cases of the new cookie that is going to be revealed on August 18th. And um, so it's embargoed until then. I wish I could talk about it. Of course I can't. Uh, and so, um, but there is one way, you know, if, 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 if listeners get to hear this uh, prior to that date, we do have a special event um, with a limited number of tickets. It's virtual. We'll bring those cookies to your doorstep. It's called Taste of Adventure, where people can try out that new cookie. Um, otherwise, the, the average consumers here in Central Iowa cannot purchase that cookie until February 1st, which is when cookie season starts in 2021. Okay. Uh, but I can probably find a way to get you one or two samples of this cookie. I'm all It'll right just, with that. Okay. Okay. We'll find a way. Well, I'll look you up. We'll find a way to make that happen. I like it. It's good to know people. It's good to know people in the cookie world. That's what I'm talking about. Beth, I want to thank you for taking the time today to, uh, to chat with us on, on leading in times of challenge podcast. And uh, again, continued success, uh, and, and good health to you and your organization. Yes. Likewise. And thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the leading in times of challenge podcast produced by the greater Des Moines partnership to listen to more stories of inspiration. Please visit dsmpartnership.com.